0: Today's episode is brought to you by Olive, a next-generation logistics company serving premium fashion brands. Both the cost and frequency of online returns continues to rise, and if these same trends continue, it's completely unsustainable for both your business and the planet. Olive is here to help. Olive offers brands and retailers over 50% off of return shipping expenses while providing your customers a sustainable, waste-free packaging and delivery experience. 50% might sound crazy until you realize how the service works. Olive will pick up your customers' returns in reusable packaging and manage the closed loop resale experience. If you're interested in learning more, visit shopolive.com slash Watson Weekly. Save money, save the planet. It's January 16th, 2022, and this is the Watson Weekly, your essential e-commerce digest. Today on our show... Target stock downgraded by Wells Fargo. Bed Bath & Beyond could go out of business soon. Fanatics divesting its 60% stake in NFT firm Candy Digital. Amazon launches buy with Prime this month. And finally, the Investor Minute, which contains eight items this week from the world of venture capital, acquisitions, and IPOs. Bye first in our shopping cart full of news. Target stock downgraded by Wells Fargo. And a reminder to all business owners to keep their focus on the fundamentals, Wells Fargo downgraded Target stock in the last couple of days as it thinks the retailers entering a period where traffic and comparables will be challenged. What's Target to do? Everyone knows that Target is not a value retailer per se, and its store-based fulfillment model has more of a just-in-time nature than other retailers like Amazon and Walmart, which don't ship as much from their stores. Shipping almost 100% of e-commerce orders from stores means there's not much inventory to buffer supply chain disruptions. What this is saying to me is that there are certain times that tend to favor certain types of companies over others. Not to mention, if you're a public company, there's a huge downside at times because focus on stock price can be distracting. I learned this early in my career. When Auction Rover, the company that would later become Channel Advisor, got acquired by GoTo.com in early 2000, it was the peak of the bubble. Of course, in the next month, that bubble burst right at the start of a six-month lockup period. And if you think watching the stock price on the way up is distracting, imagine watching it fall 90% during your lockup period. Here's my advice if you're a public company or a formerly highly valued startup and worried about your strike price. first. It's all theoretical losses and gains anyway until you have to sell. Don't be a Robin Hood trader on your own company. Remind yourself how long you're in this for. Second, recognize you didn't get smarter the day before the stock went up and you didn't get any dumber the day after the stock went down. Focus on the things you can control, period. A great long-term business takes care of itself. Spend 80% of your time ensuring that you're aligned with long-term customer needs. The stuff that's not changing over time. Amazon has always been great about this kind of focus. And if you have a positive net operating margin, you can afford to think about the long term, even during a recession. All others must make immediate adjustments before they can begin to focus on the long term needs of their customers. With a 12 plus year relative boom time, many startups have not seen the inside of a recession. Our second story, Bed Bath & Beyond may go out of business soon. The death watch for Bed Bath & Beyond kicked into overdrive last week when it published a report saying that bankruptcy is on the table as it restructures its balance sheet. Well, duh. This definitely means that suppliers are running for the hills. Seriously, if you're a vendor of Bed Bath at this point, it's pencils down. Do not send them any more inventory because you are just making a charitable donation to the retailer's most important creditors most likely the banks. If you ask me, which of course no one did, the entire experiment of the past few years has been a fool's errand. Bed Bath & Beyond is only able to get shoppers in stores with huge unprofitable discounts. This is not a business model, and the company desperately needed to pick a new segment for its consumers. Instead of using its Bye Bye Baby assets to help both firms and jettisoning Bed Bath & Beyond, it's entirely possible both assets could go down with the ship. My friend Brandon Rael from Cap Gemini and I did an entire podcast episode about this topic with Rethink Retail, which you can actually find in the show notes. Our third story. Fanatics is divesting its 60% stake in NFT company Candy Digital. CNBC reported that Michael Rubin's sports platform company Fanatics is divesting its 60% stake in NFT company Candy Digital. I know you really don't care about this, but humor me for just 30 seconds. Candy is a next-generation digital collectible company offering unique NFTs for fans and collectors, giving them the ability to purchase and sell NFTs to deepen their love of sports, culture, and entertainment. So, it was a scam, right? Kudos to Michael Rubin for cutting his losses. Another reason Michael Rubin is the king. And our last story. Amazon launches Buy With Prime this month. Amazon has recently announced that after a beta period in Q4, Amazon will officially launch its Buy With Prime program on January 31st. So what is Buy With Prime? One way to think about it is a mashup of a few key concepts. First is your direct-to-consumer website. Fulfillment by Amazon. Amazon Pay. And finally, Prime benefits like free shipping and easy returns. Prime members who shop your website will be able to purchase and shop like they are browsing a Prime item on Amazon. Checkout happens like an Amazon pay type order. In my opinion, this is best suited for merchants that meet two criteria. One, they have used or are considering using fulfillment by Amazon. If you weren't using FBA before, buy with Prime is a heavy lift. This isn't just for D2C brands though. B2B distributors and others could use FBA if they don't want to develop a dropship capability. Two, also these merchants have much more Amazon marketplace revenue than direct-to-consumer revenue. The reason is many of these brands understand Amazon and want to improve their direct-to-consumer website conversion and engagement. Amazon Buy With Prime could be a bridge for these brands. BigCommerce has released a plugin, so it's actually easiest on this platform at the moment. Other platforms require a longer implementation time by an agency. This could change as Amazon gets more adoption with the service. A big question I hear a lot is who owns that customer data? From everything I've read, the data is shared. Prime buyers are told that only limited information is being shared with a merchant, and brands are also told they can use this data but within limits. Can buy with Prime buyers be converted to your own email lists? While there is no opt-in at checkout, that may not matter. I suggest using your transactional emails, order confirmation, shipping updates, warranty, reviews to create engagement and sign up these Prime shoppers. Plus, they've already visited your website. Should Buy With Prime be on every product page you have? Well, technically, it doesn't need to be and shouldn't be during your ramp-up period. You can actually create just a simple collection of items that Buy With Prime applies to. But practically, it would likely work better in the long run if Buy With Prime has run of sight. And the reason is simple, buyer cognitive load. There's a reason almost every website prefers a flat shipping rate strategy rather than a per-product calculated rate. If some products have Buy With Prime and others do not, your website becomes harder to shop. Now, what are the downsides? First, actually, you don't have the payment token as the merchant. Amazon does. There's no tie-in to your loyalty program, points, private label credit cards, warranty, gift cards, etc. Note that promos are supported. The order confirmation page is also not yours. This can be a high-converting upsell page if the payment token is yours. And the number one downside is pretty simple. Now you have Amazon on your website. Seriously, folks, this is something to check out and experiment with, especially if you're in the situation I talked about earlier where Amazon is a large percentage of your business. You have much lower downside risks than other direct-to-consumer brands. It's that time, friends, for our Investor Minute. We have eight items on the menu today. First, Shopper engagement firm Relationshop acquired grocery e-commerce provider Store.ai. Store.ai is an Israeli-based firm that provides regional grocers with e-commerce fulfillment services, and the deal is said to be in excess of $50 million. Second, Archive Resale raised a $15 million Series A to allow brands to own their resale platforms. Archive software combines a front-end buyer experience, a warehouse management system, and an app for in-store associates. Archive resale works with brands like mmo 4 and Marimekko. Third, third-party logistics firm Gold Bolt secured 75 million in a Series C. The company has a sustainability-based message and handles fulfillment and last mile for brands like IKEA. Another news: Gold Bolt's also laid off 55 people. If you're wondering how a company could raise money and lay off people at the same time, it's simple. Usually, the new cash was required for survival and demands a burn rate less than the previous one. Fourth, furniture channel management provider, Commerce Bear, announced $14 million in funding. The company provides software and services that help furniture manufacturers sell on channels like Overstock, Wayfair, and Amazon. It's an interesting segment because most of this category still operates offline. Fifth, Elastic Path raised an additional $30 million to add to the $60 million it raised earlier in 2022. While the company has always been more developer-friendly than the average e-commerce platform, Elastic Path has really jumped headfirst into the composable commerce space with a product experiment management solution, payments, and an integration management solution. Six, Pack Digital raised $3 million to provide a composable front end for headless e-commerce. Buzzword bingo! I can't believe I just used headless and composable in the same sentence. On a more serious note, I know the CEO of Pac Digital, Corey Cummings, is a huge Watsonian fan, and I'm glad to see the company is doing so well. Many of Pac Digital's customers are actually using Shopify Plus as their back end and Pac Digital on the front end. Seventh, Pactum raised $20 million to help automate retail supplier negotiations. Many people already think that Amazon's vendor managers are robots. Well, this fantastic experience is coming to the rest of the retail industry, folks, and soon. Maersk Growth Fund has invested $20 million in Pactum to help automate routine supplier negotiations. I guess it's not that hard to program ChatGPT to tell you to give a lower price and fill your purchase orders faster. And finally, low-calorie cocktail mix brand Kraft Mix raised $1.2 million in seed funding. The company plans to use this capital to grow its U.S. retail presence with products in over 1,300 stores. Drink up, Watsonians. It's five o'clock somewhere. That's all for this week. Till next time, Watsonians. Hi, I'm Rick Watson, CEO and founder of RMW Commerce Consulting and host of the Watson Weekly Podcast, your essential e-commerce digest. Want to discuss the topics on the show? Head on over to community.rmwcommerce.com to connect with other listeners. Our production partner for the series is Citizen Race Car. The show is produced by Alex Brower, production manager, Gabriella Montakey. To hear new episodes of the show every Monday morning, subscribe now at rmwcommerce.com slash Watson Weekly and wherever you get your podcasts.